turn to Matthew 26, the passage that we read at the beginning. And once you get to Matthew 26, stay right there, but also turn to 1 Corinthians 11. I'm going to end at 1 Corinthians 11, but I want us to look at Matthew 26. We're taking the Lord's Supper tonight. That is a, that is a sweet uh, event for a church. We look forward to that. But we want to understand what, what it is. Certainly not tradition. You can go to some churches and it just be tradition. Uh, some churches do it every week. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Some churches do it less often. Some churches do it with no introduction at all. They don't talk about what it is. It's just always there and they do it. Uh, churches are different in how they go about it. But as you're going to see today, it is something that is to be very much so heartfelt, very sincere by faith. And it speaks volumes. Literally, it speaks volumes. Used to be, is the sun killing y'all? Yeah, we can go over there and close those. On a Sunday night, it's so super obvious to me when y'all are distracted and talking. So we'll... we'll. Does that help a little bit? I think it's brighter in here right now than it was this morning, I think. Is that better? Okay. Um... When I first started being the pastor, I used to think that taking the Lord's Supper on a Sunday morning was uh, more challenging than it was worth, right? You've got all these people here that are visitors that may not be Christians, may not be walking with the Lord, may not be dealing with their sin, and the danger of serving the Lord's Supper to them is, is, a, is a scary thought. Um, and we didn't shy away from it, we, we never have, but it was, it was at least a complex situation. But over the years, as, as God has grown me and God has grown us and we've grown together, I've come to love that complex situation of serving the Lord's Supper on a Sunday morning. Because there is nothing more evangelistic that the church does than take the Lord's Supper for what it truly is in front of people. When we say on a Sunday morning, we're about to take something that is His body. We're about to drink something that is His blood. And you shouldn't take it unless you are wholeheartedly trusting in it too. That's about as evangelistic as it gets. That is... There are two types of people in the world, two destinations in the world. If you're on this side, partake. If you're not, don't. So I've come to love it. Matthew 26, Jesus introduces it. I want tonight, in the next 10 to 15 minutes, for you to grasp, like you did this morning with repentance, this great seriousness and the weightiness of the Lord's Supper. This is serious. Jesus says now as they were eating, you remember they're taking the Passover together, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples. And He said, take, eat. This is my body. What a statement, right? Interesting. 
Weird. Shocking. There were about 50 people from our church that went and had lunch today over here at the pizza place, and that's cool. And I would bet right now any amount of money I had that nobody said, hey, look, y'all, this is my body. Kind of out there. Jesus did. Hanging out with his 12 guys. This is my body. Jesus wants us to understand that the life of the Son of God means everything. You and I ought to be people who don't passively think of the incarnation. We ought to be people who understand God Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, from before the creation, forever, everlasting, God became a human. He has walked our streets. He has lived our battles. He is a real person. He's God in the flesh. He is the Word of God in the flesh. He has lived. He never sinned. He's a real person. And Jesus, while they're eating, picks up the bread and says, look, this is my body. Eat some. And right after that, He took a cup. And when He had given thanks, if that wasn't weird or odd enough, He says, drink of it. All of you, for this is my blood. Wow. Even more odd. Go ahead and drink up of this. This represents my blood. The blood of the covenant. <clears throat> the only way that you can be right with God is to be in a real blood-bought covenant with God. There is no earning it one way or the other. There is no, I hope I've done good enough. There is no, I hope I've, done an, I hope I've not been bad enough. That, 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 all of that stuff, when you hear people talk that way, is just a clear sign of really not understanding the message of the Bible. The Bible is about a covenant. The Bible is about God having a plan to make you His guaranteed with great security. That God so loved His world that He gave His Son to earth to be one, to become the world's sin, and to die for our sin, to be punished for our sin, to be murdered, nailed on a cross, crucified for our sin, to be buried and back to life. And if you believe that, you are so secure. And even the believing of that is still in the covenant in which God gives you a new heart that secures that you love that. There is no wishy-washy in the secure salvation of being in the mercy of God. Jesus says, drink a little bit. This is my body of the blood. Or this is my blood, sorry, of the covenant. Then he goes on and says, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Wow. That Passover meal just got serious. They might have thought. Turn back to verse 17. I mean, sorry, to verse 1 of chapter 26, if it wasn't serious enough. Now that's a serious conversation, right? Where Jesus introduces the Lord's Supper. And for you and I, that is the introduction of Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper. Alright? But let's read the chapter and watch how serious this is. To make it not something serious, to be a church that just does it, is so cheap. 
I take very serious, and you've seen the past two weeks, um, our sermons have got to be serious, right? In the past two weeks' sermons of Psalm 19, and then today, Psalm 51, I, I want to take serious that. Whether you guys end up liking me or not, I have no other option but to preach the Word of God. And it's passages like this, and it is situations like the Lord's Supper to where you and I's lives, our faith, and our whole church culture ought to embody that. Read with me, verse 20, chapter 26, verse 1. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, He said to His disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. What? Y'all, that is serious. I know it's hard to read the Bible and kind of put ourselves at times in that situation. But again, nobody at lunch today said, guys, in, in two days they're going to nail me to a cross. This is serious talk. If we hear somebody say, you know, I'm, I just feel like I might die this week, we'd freak out. That's what Jesus said. He didn't say it like he might. He said, y'all, here's the plan. Here's, here's what God's doing with me. A couple days I'm going to be crucified. Nailed to a cross. Keep going. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. See, now we see the seriousness of it from the other angle, right? Religious people plotting together with a strategy by stealth to kill him? It's evil. But that's what it was. Y'all, this is all building up to the Lord's Supper. Skip over, if you will, now to verse 17. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening... Okay, so now they're at the table. He reclined at table with the twelve. And as they were eating, so again, y'all, this is just Jesus and his guys hanging out, having dinner. Yes, the Passover meal, but it still is reclining at table, eating dinner. He said, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. That's serious, is it not? They were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. Now look at this next verse, 24. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him. Let me stop for a second. You have people in your lives and in your families and in your worlds who are beginning to question the Word of God. The world is beginning to question the Word of God. Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, at this moment says, the Son of Man goes as it is written of Him. He doesn't go as He wants. He doesn't go as life directs it. 
He doesn't only just go as God directs it. Which is a good enough statement for me, right? He goes as God has written that He would go. You thought we held the word high this morning. It can't get high enough. We can't abandon the word of God. Not only does everything go as it is written, Jesus Christ says to them in the heat of this serious moment where there is stealth and killing and already a predicted crucifixion, the Son of Man goes as it is written of Him. Wow. Everything Jesus did was by the unfolding plan of God according to His Word. But, woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And I challenge you tonight, if you believe Jesus. It is so bad to be a lost person. It is so dangerous to reject God. It is so scary to not have the forgiveness of sins. Jesus says it would have been better for one of His disciples, you know who He's talking about, if He would never have been You know what happens to somebody who lives and dies without the mercy of God? They go to hell under the wrath of God forever. This is around the dinner table with Jesus. Not very funny. Verse 25, Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? Interesting that he asks, right? Very interesting that he asks. You know why? Look at verse 14. Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? They, per, they paid him 30 pieces of silver, and from that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Judas was scared to death. Are you talking about me, Jesus? Listen, church, being scared to death will not save you. Many people are scared to death, and they don't turn. Judas went through with it. He says in verse 25, Is it I, Rabbi? And Jesus said to him, Yes, you have said so. And he still went through with it. He ought to have fallen on his face right there. He ought to have taken that 30 pieces of silver back. But he didn't. Money talks. Very next verse, verse 26. As they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to him. 
the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took a cup when he had given thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink it of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And there you have the institution of the Lord's Supper. Now turn to 1 Corinthians 11. Verse 23. Paul, writing to a church, church in Corinth, says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when He was betrayed, took bread. That's the very passage we just read in Matthew. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Paul, teaching a church about how to do the Lord's Supper, Recalls those gospel passages of Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper. Very aware of it. Now this is post-crucifixion. This is post-resurrection. He certainly feels the weight, the gravity, the seriousness of all of those big terms. And he instructs the church to do it. Look at verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. It's the most evangelistic thing we do. In just a few minutes when we serve this, the idea of seeing everybody in this room who is a genuine believer in Christ take that bread and eat it, man, the body of Jesus. Drink that drink, blood. My Savior is a statement that you are right with God based solely off of Jesus. Serious. But look at verse 27. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the Lord, with the world. So serious. So church, I challenge you to be somebody who takes very serious the forgiveness of your sins. You will never take serious the forgiveness of your sins unless you have first taken serious your sins. And as I said this morning, if there are sins in your life, do not delay. Do not wait. And therefore, with the forgiveness of sins, Taking that serious, we take serious the Lord's Supper. It is the reminder 
It is the exercise that we do together, united, to say, Jesus is our Savior. Let's bow our heads and get ready for that. Deacons that are going to serve it, if you'd come forward. While we get ready to serve, we get ready to serve it.